Okay, so this may sound obvious, but people can't buy from you if they don't know you exist. And it's a problem I see with so many new and newer entrepreneurs or those who aren't as successful as they want to be is they're like, I'm just not getting the sales. I'm just not getting the clients. And part of it is this visibility piece. In order to make more money, you need to get in front of more people. Like you can convert smaller audiences. And I know tons of people that are great at it. I am great at converting a smaller audience and having those higher conversion rates. That's great. But in order to continue making sales and to make more sales, we need to be continually growing our audience, whether that's on social media, our email list, whatever it is, we need new eyeballs. And so if you want to make more sales, you have to increase your brand visibility. You have to get in front of more people. And for many, especially early on in their journeys, you know, that first six figures, multiple six figures, this can be one of the hardest things. And so today I want to dive into not just the business strategy, but the mindset piece, because there's a huge mindset piece behind the visibility that could actually be self-sabotaging you without even knowing it. So let's go dive in and chat about this. Are you over all that one size fits all and hustle culture bullshit that actually isn't getting you the results you truly desire in your business? If so, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Six Figure Female Entrepreneur Podcast, where we chat about all things mindset and business that actually help you make big money in your online business while working less hours. And who doesn't want that? I'm your host, Jen Goodfriend, a successful six-figure business and mindset strategist and recovering type A overachiever who now enjoys doing things the easy way. I live the chill country life and have a passion for all things furry and cute. Join me each week as I share more than a decade of experience in the entrepreneurial world and how you too can make way more money while actually working less. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, ladies, welcome back to another episode. As always, I am so excited that you guys are here and I want to share a topic that is just it's so important, but it's not talked about enough, especially the mindset side of this. And that's around visibility because you hear everyone saying things like you have to be more visible. You have to show up more. You have to get your business out there, your brand out there. You hear all of these things, but you're wondering, well, how do I do that? Like you're trying all the things, you're doing all the things you think you're supposed to. Maybe you're finding it difficult. Maybe it's not that easy. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're just really hating it because I know a lot of people that hate that. Like you feel like you have to be on all the the social media platforms. You have to be everywhere. You have to be super visible. It's totally uncomfortable. And if you're an introvert, this sounds even more horrible. So today I want to dive into this piece around brand visibility and about getting your business visible so that you can make more money. And the first part I want to dive into is the mindset side of things, because as I always say, mindset is the foundation of your business. If you don't have that proper mindset piece, the business house above can crumble easily. If you get a big storm, if you get turbulence, if something happens, you know, it's so much easier for that house to fall down. But if you work on the mindset stuff, you get that foundation in place, a strong, sturdy foundation, like in a house, a wind, a, a struggle, a little setback isn't going to knock the whole thing down. 
So that's why I want to talk first about this mindset piece and around these limiting beliefs that come up around visibility, because this is actually one of the biggest limiting beliefs I see among women entrepreneurs. And of course, I always talk about self, you know, self-love, self-worth, that piece and money blocks. And this is probably number three on the list of things that comes up most often. And the thing is, is most of us, if you are like me and a millennial or a gen I think it's Gen Z is the ones older, like the the 1970s babies. If you were of that generation, even into, you know, mid to late 90s, you grew up in an era where it was still common practice where children were told they should be you know, seen and not heard to keep quiet, you know, or if you're like many of my clients where you grew up in a not so healthy home, maybe there was abuse, maybe there was emotional abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, whatever it is. All of these things lead to limiting beliefs around a safety of being visible. For me, this showed up as well. So not only did I grow up in a household where I didn't feel safe. So preface, this wasn't my parents. I had loving, amazing parents. But I had a brother with something called intermittent explosive disorder, which was undiagnosed. It still is through, you know, my education in psychology and my background now. I know what his problem was. But the thing was, is I grew up in a household with a brother who could explode at any moment. Like literally we could be playing a game and I did something to one up him or it could just be something benign. And he would literally explode. It was like this switch would flip in his head and he would just go off and he would start beating on me, like physically beating on me. He was constantly, you know, emotionally belittling me, trying to knock me down to make himself feel better. And so I grew up in this house where I didn't feel safe to be visible because as long as I hid and was quiet and stayed out of the way, then there was less likely chance of him to explode and hit me. And then the same also happened, and I see this as another very, very common thing among women, is I also hit puberty and developed at a very young age. By the age of 11, 12, I was a double, triple D bra size, like very large chested, had curves, all of this still in elementary school because the school I went to was a K to seven, and then you went to high school for eight to 12. So here I am in grade seven with these younger kids, the only one, you know, developing early. And here I look like an adult, like I have the body of an adult, which at that age is so self, you know, I was so self-conscious. I was un insecure. And the looks I would get at, at that young age, here I'm 11, 12 years old, getting sexual looks from older men, from teenagers, from adults. And it made me feel extremely uncomfortable and why am I sharing all this? Because this led to me trying to hide myself. These two things in my life led me to feel like it wasn't safe being visible. So this showed up in the early stages of my business in that I just was scared. I was scared to get on camera. I was scared to take pictures. I was scared to do video. I was scared to do all of those things because that little voice in my head kept saying, it's not safe. Look what happened in the past. Anytime you were visible, you were made to feel uncomfortable. You were hurt. You were physically injured. You were emotionally, you know, damaged. All these things happened to you. Jen, stop it. This is not going to work. And you're probably starting to think of things that are showing up in your mind and maybe those negative thoughts that are coming up. So know that limiting beliefs around being visible in your business are huge among women. 
So if you're finding it really hard to get visible, to even just take photos of yourself, to take selfies, to post with a, a written caption, let alone trying to do a video of yourself. If video is like, oh my God, I, I can't, I feel horrible, I'm not comfortable, I just freeze up. And then there's you know getting on a live stage or maybe doing an hour-long workshop by video. All of these things you're like, I just can't do it. And I'm all about helping women build business strategies that are you know, tailored to them, things that they enjoy. But if the reason you're not doing video isn't because you don't enjoy it, because, but because you're afraid, because there's this limiting belief around fear of visibility, totally different thing. I see this all the time where women go to me, oh, I'm just not comfortable doing video. But then we start digging into that and it's not that they're not comfortable, it's that there's this underlying fear and limiting belief. And once we remove that and work through that, then getting on camera, getting on stages, getting in video is extremely easy for them. Because the thing is, as much as you say you don't like video, video right now is one of the highest converting forms of marketing. It's just the way it is. People have gone to video marketing. That's what converts people. Video allows people to build that no like, and trust factor way quicker because when you see someone's face, you build up that no like, and trust factor quickly. You can see their facial expressions. You can see their body language. You can see how they talk. So much more comes across in a video of a person chatting than just a picture of them, just a quote, just a, a static post, a blog post, whatever it is. So it's really important that if you can to get yourself on video and if you can remove these limiting beliefs, then that really helps make a difference. So if you're like, Jen, there's no way in hell that I can get on a stage. There's no way I can do video. Then it's time to maybe look into this and see where is your fear stemming from? Because as babies, we're not born with these fears. These fears are developed over time and it's our brain's way of keeping us safe. So if you're afraid to get on camera, afraid to get on stage, maybe it's time you start looking into those fears and going, why do I have this fear? How do I get rid of this fear so that this is no longer an issue? Because when you can literally just turn on a camera and start talking, it's the most amazing feeling. And you're going to see that your audience count's going to get bigger. Your followers are going to get bigger. And in result, your sales are going to get bigger. So now that we've dealt with that mindset piece, that is the foundation. Now let's get into the brass tacks, the business, the strategy side of this visibility piece. So the second thing I want to share with you guys is it's not about posting more. So a lot of people will be, you know, you'll hear, I suppose that experts out there saying you have to be posting two to three times a day. Oh, you have to be posting every day. Oh, if you're not posting at least twice a day, that's all BS. Because the thing is, it's not about how often you you know, put content out there. It's about consistency. What can you consistently do? And I talk about this all the time because this is important. The thing is, is if you show up every day for two weeks and then you're so bloody exhausted that you don't post for two weeks, that's going to look really bad because people are following you. They're engaging with you. They're starting to build that no like, and trust. They're waiting for your next piece of content. They're like, this is great. I want to hear more and then they don't hear anything. And then maybe they go to your profiles on your social media and go, oh, maybe the algorithm just didn't show it to me. And then they go there and they're like, no, she just hasn't posted. And then there's still no posts and still no posts. And then all of a sudden, maybe you pop up again with a post and that just creates this inconsistency in your client that goes, okay, no, there's something off here. 
And then they're going to go to that other person and buy from them because that person posts consistently, even if that consistency is only three times a week. So it's not about posting more often. It's about finding a routine that works for you so that you stay in front of your clients. You stay at the top of their mind. You're sharing that valuable content. You're getting in front of them and you're keeping top of their mind. So ask yourself, how often can I consistently show up on social media, write email newsletters, do all the things and feel comfortable and keep that consistency. If that's twice a week, great, do it. If it's three times a week, great. And again, consider the platforms. I say this all the time as well. You only need to be on two or maybe three platforms. You don't have to be on all the platforms. So choose the two to three where you're most comfortable and make sure one of those is some sort of long form legacy content, like this podcast, like a YouTube channel, like a blog post, like um, authoring on something like Medium, doing written articles there. Things that stay and can be found months and years later, not just quick turnaround social media posts, but you still, I suggest being on two forms of social media. I don't recommend just one because things disappear, things change. So if you're only building one social media platform and something happens to that platform, you just literally lost your entire audience. Of course, you should be converting these people onto your email newsletter. So this, you know, if this happens, you've got a backup. But things happen. Accounts crash. With this new um, Instagram feature, I can't think of the name of it right now. It's like this new, it's like the Twitter of Instagram. And I seen a post the other day where someone had um, downloaded it and was using it, decided they didn't like it and deleted it. What they didn't see, though, was that when they deleted this app, it also deleted their Instagram. So they accidentally lost you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. So imagine that accidentally deleted your account. Maybe Meta gets pissed off one day at you and deletes your account. I know uh, a, a top creator in the um, Facebook ad space. She had a TikTok account of over a hundred thousand people and it just literally disappeared the other day. And it was like, she didn't do anything wrong. Nothing happened. It was like a glitch or something. And she's working really hard with TikTok to get it back. But if for some reason that she can't, she's literally just lost 100,000 plus potential eyeballs. So don't put all your eggs in one basket, but don't think you have to be in all the basket. But figure out for you, where can you show up consistently? How cons what is consistency for you? How often can you do it and keep showing up? And then this leads into the third part is showing up where your clients are. So I'm all about choosing what works for you. So you want to be on the platforms that you enjoy and that you're actually going to want to be on to engage with people, to build your audience, to create content. But at the same time, if your favorite con um, place is TikTok, but your ideal client is not on TikTok, it doesn't matter how amazing you are and how visible you are. If your clients aren't there, it's never going to result in revenue. So not only do you have to do what you enjoy, but you have to also have to ask yourself, where are my clients showing up? Where are they? What platforms are they on? And not just social media. Again, it's longer form content. Do my clients read blog posts? Are they podcast listeners? Are they YouTube people? Like before I created this, I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I've known for quite some time. But before I actually took the leap, I pulled my audience and said, okay, everybody, 
everybody who here listens to podcasts. And it was about a 50-50 kind of vote on my social media. A lot of them said, no, they prefer YouTube. I do have this posted on YouTube as a podcast because that's now an option. It was just before I started this podcast, but it wasn't always. So the people on, you know, that prefer YouTube, it's there for them if they want to listen. But a lot of people that are on YouTube, they want video, they want like tutorials, they want walkthroughs, they want that kind of thing. So by polling my audience, I found out, okay, I want to do a podcast, but are my ideal clients going to listen to that podcast? And if 50-50 is actually not too bad, if 50% of my audience for something like podcasting are podcast listeners, that's a decent amount of people because there are over a million listeners of podcasts on a daily basis. So say even... 100,000 people, potential clients are podcast listeners. Even if they're not listening to my podcast yet, getting in front of them, increasing my reach, doing all those things, there's a large pool of potential ideal clients out there that could find my podcast. So that's a good use of my time. But if it came back in my market research that nobody in my ideal client listened to podcasts, that they're all YouTube listeners, then I would have had to rethink my whole plan and potentially look at doing YouTube instead or something else um, different, maybe writing, maybe doing something else. But I would have second guessed my thoughts of doing this podcast. So think about that. Where are your clients showing up? Where are they most active? Where are they spending most of their time? Because you can't post where they're not going to be. That doesn't result in visibility. And then I want to share with you guys a bonus tip. So the thing is, is visibility is all about increasing your visibility, increasing brands. And people are like, but Jen, I'm not ready to, you know, do ads. I'm not ready to, you know, do these things. Or maybe another one I hear people say is like Facebook groups. They're so sick of Facebook groups because even I found this, like when I first started my business, I used Facebook groups and I leveraged them to find new clients. And even now I go in there and all it is, is promotional stuff, like my stuff, join my group, you know, follow my page, listen to my podcast, whatever it is. And it's just not feeling so good anymore. There's just not the interaction there used to be. So you're going, that's great, Jen, but how do I find these new people? How do I get in front of, you know, my ideal clients? And this is where I love collaborations. This is the key to getting new audience people, to get new followers, to build all of your different social media and long form content listeners is by doing collaborations. So this can be being on other people's podcasts. This could be doing a joint live with someone who has a complimentary business. This could be going into someone's you know, Facebook group and doing a training, going into someone's paid program and doing a training. These are all great ways of getting in front of new ideal listeners. But again, you don't want to go to just anywhere. You know, look for people that have the same audience as you, but also do something different. So if you're a weight loss coach, maybe you don't do the nutrition side of things, maybe you're focused more on the exercise, you could partner up with a health coach that does the nutrition stuff and you guys could do some joint trainings together. Maybe you jump on some Instagram lives or Facebook lives. Maybe you do a training for each other's you know, paid groups or free groups. This gets you in front of audiences. Podcasts are another great way. Jumping on a podcast where you know your ideal listeners are and in this, don't go for the really big ones. Like, don't go in and be reaching out to some of these, you know, million listener podcasts, these top ones. 
those can be really difficult. Yeah, if you get on one, that's wonderful. I'm not saying don't try, but just know that they're looking for a specific type of person. So don't be heartbroken if you're not going to get on those podcasts right away. But start looking for other ones, maybe smaller ones with smaller audiences, more niche audiences, maybe ones where you know the people personally. Start reaching out and just asking if you can share. But you're not just being like, hey, can you help me out and get me on your podcast? No, you got to show up with value. So you want to reach out to these people, even if they're your connection and say, hey, I would love to be on your podcast. I'd love to share about XYZ. I think it would bring great value to your audience and find a topic that you actually think will bring value. Like you want to take the guesswork out. You don't want to say, hey, I want to be on your podcast. What do you think? It's like, hey, I want to be on. This is a topic I think would be great for your audience. Make sure it's not something they've talked about recently, like actually go into their podcast and look and see what kind of guests they've had. If they've had guests, it's funny side note. So I've had someone reach out to me twice. Um, it was like a VA pitch company twice about this person who totally is not a fit for my podcast for one. So I'm like, are you even listening? And then second, it's like, do you not see that I'm not doing guesting? Like I have not brought on a single guest. Yes. I plan on it in the future, but right now I'm not. So this person, just right off the bat, this letter, this email from them pitching me, this person totally turned me off because it's like, you don't even listen and you're not paying attention. And why would I bring someone on whether, you know, it's them or the pitch company that's doing this, they're paying this company to pitch them. I'm not going to bring you on because you're not even listening or paying attention or even understand my podcast. So why would I bring someone like that on? I'd rather bring somebody with a smaller audience who listens to my podcast, who understands it, knows what my people need and gives me a genuine pitch and says, Hey, Jen, I love your podcast, but you haven't talked about X, Y, Z yet. And I'm a, you know, an expert in that. Could I come on the podcast and chat about it? And I'd love to share it with my audience and build your visibility as well and promote the crap out of it. Of course, I'm going to say hell yes to that. This other person, I didn't even care how big their audience was and whether they were going to share it to their audience or not. The fact that they didn't even take the time to understand my podcast and me just ultimately turned me off. So keep that in mind. So when you're reaching out to people as potential visibility partners about doing these collaborations, always ask yourself, what's in it for them? Yes, there's something in it for you. You're getting in front of an ideal audience, but if you go with that and you think about just yourself when you're doing these pitches, people aren't going to want to have anything to do with you. They're not going to want to cooperate. So always ask yourself and put it in the pitches. And when you're talking to these people, what's in it for them? What can I provide them? What can I do for them? And when you pitch these collaborations from that aspect of what you can give, people are more likely to want to cooperate and work with you and have you on their you know, their podcast, their paid group, whatever. I've done all of them. I've been a guest expert in people's paid groups. I've gone into free groups. I've been on podcasts. I've been interviewed. I've done tons of these things. And each and every time I do a podcast interview or I do a guest expert or something along those lines, I always end up with at least one client. And these aren't like my $100 self-study courses. These are like one-on-one -on -one thousands of dollars worth of income clients because you're pulling in the credibility of these other people you're working with. So if there's already that no like, and trust with that podcast host, with that group, um, Facebook group, you know, owner with that, you know, person that's running that mastermind or that program that you're talking about, if there's already that no like, and trust built there, 
you actually transfer that no like and trust factor to you. So it's so much quicker and easier for people to want to convert. And it really gets to be that easy. So think to yourself today, who can I reach out to? Think of one or two people and ask them about some sort of collaboration. Just see what works. Find a person who's got a similar sized audience. This works best with those. Like I said, don't reach for the stars. Do a few of those, especially with podcasts. Reach for a few stars, but don't have all of them that way. Look to other collaborators, other people in your space that have similar size audience and reach out to them about doing this collaboration to help both of you. Because when you do that, it works both ways. You're both getting visibility in front of each other's audience. You should both be getting new followers and it works out well. So if you've been struggling with getting that visibility, with growing your social media, growing your podcast, your YouTube channel, all of those different things, getting new eyes on your offers, then you need to be focusing on this right now. Because without this visibility piece, without getting in front of people, without dealing with those limiting beliefs around visibility, your business is not going to grow. You're going to find yourself staying stagnant and possibly even you know, dropping an income because if you don't have new eyeballs, you can exhaust your list at a certain point and without new people, you're going to find your income is going to start going down and going down and going down. And we don't want to see that. So to keep this from happening, we want to be constantly bringing new eyeballs to your stuff, constantly be finding these new ideal clients to bring in your world and know that not all these people that come into your world right now are our ideal clients. And there's going to be some attrition. There's going to be some people that follow away. And that's okay. Like if you're really worried when someone unsubscribes from your email news list and it sends you into a spiral, we need to work on that because that's a good thing. I honestly celebrate. It's kind of like an instant, oh shoot. But then it's like, yes, because they've just taken themselves off my list, which means I'm not wasting my time and energy on these non-ideal clients. And all my time and energy can go to the ones that are still here and still interested in what I have to stay and still love me. So start focusing on that. How can I get new people? How can I bring new people into my world? How can I get more eyes on me? And how can I show up better so that I'm more visible, so I am more consistent, so that my ideal client resonates with me? I want you guys to think about that today. And as always, if you guys have any questions, if you need support, if you just want to ask me for clarification or have a specific question, always feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I actually love hearing from you guys. So head over, the link is in the show notes with my Instagram link. Head over, hit the follow button and send me a message. I love to hear from you guys. And if you had an aha moment, let me know about that too, because I love celebrating even more than I love helping you guys. So make sure to reach out to me on this. Otherwise, that's it for the visibility piece today, guys. I want you to go out, give this a try, see how it works, and come back and let me know how it goes. Otherwise, I'll see you guys back here again next week. Go out and have yourself an amazing week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Six Figure Female Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're wanting more great free advice, head over and follow me on Instagram at the Six Figure Female Entrepreneur, and links are in the show notes. Go out and have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you.